This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Goslin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network. Well, welcome back to our first Talk of Fame Network broadcast of 2016, where there is nobody, and I mean nobody, named Billy wearing a blonde wig. For that, you got to go to Cleveland, or maybe Las Vegas, where Goose and I were a month ago, or next party. Ron, Rick, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And you as well. Glad well, to I see trust, you survived. I did. I trust things, Ron. Here you go. Yeah, Derek, trust, not so much. I trust things, Ron. <laughs> For you, this year are going better than, let's say, Johnny Bartab or the team you cover, the New England Patriots. Well, I'm certainly healthier than those guys. You can bet on that. <laughs> but that doesn't say that didn't say it much. Hey, Goose, how about you? Are you healthier? Are you having a better year than the Cowboys? The only person having a worse year than the Cowboys is the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Ouch. <laughs> well, here at the Talk of Fame, we're having a great year and our aims to please. We're going to try to do that today. We're talking to Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young, former head coach and Hall of Fame hopeful Tony Dungy, and hearing why Terrell Owens, wait a minute, it's got to be a misprint. Terrell Okay, Terrell Owens belong in the hall. All right, well, speaking of Canton, we cut the list of candidates for the class of 2016 from 25 semifinalists to 15 this week. God, Terrell Owens, I can't get over that. Goose, for our listeners, just a quick recap on how that cut down is done. Okay, the three of us are among the 46 voters for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The, the selection committee has given a slate of about 140 candidates in the fall. We pare that down in a first elimination vote to 25. That gives us a slate of semifinalists in November. Then we have another reduction vote to determine the slate of 15 modern era finalists, where we are now. Well, Goose, I'm glad you mentioned modern era because, Ron, uh, we've got some individuals who are up as nominees who aren't on that list. Eddie DeBartolo's one. He's a contributor nominee. And there are two senior nominees, Ken Stable and Dick Stanfeld, uh, who are not part of that modern era voter. Uh, guys can get in with that, and I think it's important to point out, with a simple majority versus, suppose, the modern era candidates, 80% that's necessary for the modern era candidates. Well, yeah, that's true. And they, and they take nobody, no one else's seat you know, from the, the, from the 15 uh, modern day finalists, which I think helps the cause there a little bit. Right. Uh, you know, I've heard some grumbling about the seniors' uh, nominations this year, which really bothered me. Uh, I heard some people complain about their nominated two more dead guys. Uh, I found that really bothersome because, uh, to me, critics who think like that aren't really thinking. Yeah, it's not right. really about that. It's not no, just can right. you be at the party, is that should you have been at the party in the first place? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Do you belong? I mean, basically. Right. Um, Goose, going back to that modern era class, why don't you assess it for us? Um, it seems to me it's pretty simple to start cutting to the final, I don't know, five, six, seven, or eight. We've done that before in here. But you've got Brett Favre, who I think is a slam dunk. Marvin Harrison, the finalist last year, Kevin Green, Orlando Pace, guys like that. Um, you want to assess the class? Yeah, there are 74 first ballot Hall of Famers. Brett Favre will be number 75. He checks all the boxes, longevity, Pro Bowls, all-decade acclaim, stats, NFL records, and a Super Bowl ring. I think Marvin Harrison checks a lot of the same boxes, as does Kevin Green. Now, this committee of late has been rewarding those who have had to wait their turn. There hasn't been a rush to enshrine those first ballot nominees like there has been in the past. 
So Harrison, Green, and Pace have all been waiting patiently for their turn. I would think that bodes well for them coming February. Well, Goose, a guy who's not on this list is former head coach Tom Coughlin, and that's for a good reason. He's still coaching, or at least he was until this week. And I've read, or at least I've heard, him mentioned as a future Hall of Famer. Sorry, Goose. <laughs> future Hall of Famer. And no disrespect to Tom. And listen, we all me. like and respect him. Yeah, I don't know it does. But that's unfair. It's unfair to him. It's unfair to the process. And I, to me, it's mostly unfair to the coaches who, like Tom Coughlin, won two Super Bowls and aren't in the Hall of Fame. And they aren't called future Hall of Famers like friend of the show, Jimmy Johnson, friend of the show, Tom Flores, friend of the show, George Seifert, and Mike Shanahan. Now, Clark, beyond that, it's unfair to those already enshrined in Canton to hear someone labeled as a, quote, future Hall of Famer. You earn a bust. It's not something you are assigned through the verbiage of a television commentator. You know, those enshrined had to construct a marvelous career just to be considered for Canton, then had to sweat through the selection process of several elimination votes to collect that bust. You know, labeling someone a future Hall of Famer is an attempt to skip a lot of steps in the selection process. Until you are actually enshrined in Canton, you are not a Hall of Famer, nor are you a future Hall of Famer. Well, I think in Coughlin's case, you know, he had already, he's already come out and, and sort of hinted at least that he wants to keep coaching. So that yeah, good be luck with that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Look, he could do a lot worse than Tom Coughlin. Let me tell no, you. No, no, I know that. Uh, but he's sixty-nine too. Well, he is, but you know, uh, but you know, he's a guy. Sure, he's won two Super Bowls, but he's barely a five hundred coach over his twenty right. years, one hundred and seventy and one hundred and fifty, and went to the playoffs only nine times in twenty years, including only once in the last seven. I think that's tough to overcome. Well, someone who's not sixty-nine but is a Hall of Fame cinch is up next. I'm talking about former quarterback Steve Young. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. I just feel like something's missing. I know. What we had was so big. And warm and bright. And yellow. Oh, I really miss the sun. No sun? No problem. Centrum, the most trusted multivitamins, now have more of the vitamin D3 you need. Get the vitamin D you could be missing this winter with Centrum Multivitamins. Now our highest level of D3 ever. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. We are friends, we are sisters, we are daughters, we are stronger together. Meet a We Rafiki Bracelets are handmade with love by women in Africa, providing employment and empowerment. Wear your passion for changing the world at we.org. Back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Thank you, Ron. 
Just a reminder that we're brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly and who doesn't, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Our first guest is one of my favorite interviews anywhere in pro football. Steve Young, not only is a Hall of Fame quarterback, he's a Hall of Fame individual. It's something I learned firsthand in six years of covering the San Francisco 49ers. As you know, he was a six-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, and a six-time winner of league passing titles. What you may not know, however, is that he's one of the sharpest, most accommodating, and most intriguing guys to pass through the NFL. And someone who on his off day, which was a Tuesday, offered to jumpstart my dead battery in the parking lot outside 49ers headquarters in Santa Clara. Steve? Always a pleasure to talk hey, with you. Hey, Clark, is that, did my mom write that? <laughs> and that, and that's yeah, a true yeah. story, by the way. That all was my right, first right. year of covering the beat, and I remember you came out and said, hey. I, I, I always had an affinity with uh, you, know, you guys. I just, I don't know, just some connection I had. Maybe it was because we both were, uh, you know, outcasts in the, in the building for a little while. <laughs> I knew how that, felt. <laughs> that might have been it. Hey, uh, Steve, first things first. Um, we've been talking about the Hall of Fame class for 2016 on this show. And, of course, Eddie DeBartolo, the former owner of the 49ers, is the contributor candidate. When we saw right. you and all three of us saw you in Canton last summer, you argued strongly for his inclusion. Mm -hmm. Could you tell our listeners why you think he belongs? There's a simple fundamental. Um, and I mean, our friend Ira Miller always said, could you, could you write this history of the NFL without him? I'd say that's obviously you couldn't. But there's something more fundamental to Eddie's uh, Hall of Fame. Is, you, can, you guys have to decide what that really means and why. But for, for, for me, having uh, an ability to change the game or, or the nature of the game or, the, or you know, the league itself, Eddie changed the relationship forever between owner and player. And people probably think that might be a reason not to have him in because they might be jealous and they might not like that. But the truth is the league, a lot of the league's success today is built out of the partnership that has been forged through a lot of tears in dealing with the CBA between management owners and players. For years, that relationship was strained or broken and really never, it was never brought together in a true partnership. I think as much of a partner as players and owners are today, Eddie was the one that broached that subject and built it. And the successful owners today, the ones that have taken that, that mantle and developed a unique relationship with their players and had players say to you here publicly, I play for uh, the Mara family. I play for the Roonies. I play for Robert Kraft. Those guys, they draw on that because they've, drawn on that relationship that they have with the owners. And I think Eddie changed that dynamic and made it forever better and built that, that partnership between players and owners. And for that reason, you cannot exclude them. Now, you can have a lot of other discussions around Eddie, and we could talk about it for another hour, half an hour, but that fundamental fact, and, and, and those that don't want him in, some of your fellow voters, I would challenge them to say, is that not true? Is that not, a, a, you know, change the game and change the nature of the partnership that we all now get to – enjoy the partnership between players and owners. And I think because of that, Eddie DeBartolo deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Steve, if you were a voter, would the salary cap violation be a concern? Of course it would. Anything that happens, it's in its, it's, in its entirety. You have to take the whole thing in its entirety. And so you have to, you know, and the guys that are playing today that had issues, they're having to deal with it. 
Terrell Owens is dealing with some of that uh, off the field or his personality. And it's all kind of wrapped up in there. You can't help it. It's in the nature of it. But I, 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 for me, it's very clear that there is a, a competitive excellence. And so you have, to, you have to put that in, put it in, into the calculus. But I think even over the top of all that is this kind of game-changing effect he had on the game. Now, one of the things that, that, that we look at, uh, Steve, with a lot of uh, these kinds of guys, the sort of non-players, is, you know, the various things they did for the league. You know, the guys, yeah, they negotiated great television contracts or, or this, that, and the next thing. And, and with Eddie, it just seems to be, at least for, from the research I've done, just a little, and you've been at Lightning, by the way, just a little more difficult to actually sort through it and find what did he, like he did a ton of things for his team, obviously, but I, I may be in the minority, but I tend to downgrade that because you should do stuff for your team. You own the team. Right, um, right. You know, did he do enough for the league, in your mind, beyond this, the, the issue of player relationship to but get that's it really, to get but in that's, there? That, but what, I mean, when you talk about contributor, you're talking about somebody who changed that dynamic. It was... Trust me, I was playing in the era in the mid '80s, and I know the number of guys that were talking about their relationships. And it was there was a bro, it was a broken relationship. We struck in 1987, mm-hmm. and I was a part of it. Part of it was th- that broken relationship between management or owners and players. It was oh, not broken. It was never really forged. And I think that I, I just would go back to it. And I I I should probably. I mean, you know, we can we can talk about that part of another ha- uh, half an hour. But really, did it matter? Was it substantive? Did it affect change in the NFL forever? And I would argue yes. And you could, people could argue it different ways. But what other, what, other than excellence and long-term excellence over 20 years, I mean, we, 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 we had a run of ownership as coaches and players, unprecedented, maybe now being uh, uh, challenged by the Patriots if another five or ten years, or five years. Uh, and, and other teams, maybe you can say uh, the Packers or the – or the I, mean, I can't really say the Cowboys, but because it was broken in, in two halves. But consistency of, of, of excellence. So that, I mean, that's that's what you go into the Hall of Fame for. I mean, that's why you do it. So I don't know what else a contributor. I mean, there might be things that you guys are thinking about. Maybe I don't understand, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lack of weight there. I guess in my mind. So so just as a follow up, is it fair to say that uh, those times that you're talking? I remember the famous quotation during one of the big labor battles was Tex Schramm at the negotiating table yelling at Gene Upshaw, you don't get it. You're the cattle and we're the ranchers. Uh, oh, you, I love you, that. I love yeah, that you bring that up. Yeah. Because we always felt like chattel. We always did. And, we, and, and Eddie changed that. You weren't just a piece of meat. You weren't just – I love that you brought that up. I mean, I can't believe Tex said that. But, I mean, it was like that was the way – in fact, I was going to bring it up because – Hugh Colberhouse once mentioned something to that in public, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't say that, but you said you actually said it. You know, I was like, yeah, I, 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 I think that that reflects why the league didn't expand. I, mean, I think the expansion and success and how well and how, how healthy the league is today is because that partnership has been forged and because that partnership, it can withstand, you've seen it, all kinds of struggles because that partnership's not going to be broken ever again. We're with Hall of Fame quarterback and ESPN analyst Steve Young on the Talk of Fame Network. And Steve, you live in the Bay <laughs> I Area. I always feel funny about that. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I mentioned it. But uh, you live in the uh, Bay Area. You, you live in the same town I used to live in. How much is Eddie miss there? Oh, there's no, I mean, there's no question. I mean, Eddie, I mean, how, if you're only, if you come in and take a team that's never been a winner, make it a winner for 20 years and then go away. 
how do you think people are like? And then when you go away, it's not much of a winner. It's, I mean, I mean, Eddie, I mean, honestly, Eddie could walk down any street in San Francisco, and they, I mean, he, he's, uh, you know, chance would would start out immediately. And I think that's what's standing all of the things that people want to talk about is the negatives and all the things that happen. I mean, that's people are not people aren't foolish. They don't they're not just blinded, but they look at kind of the, the entirety of it all and just see the the the, the capacity he had for developing a relationship and, and family, a sense of family, a sense of team, a sense of people kind of, you know, that's what they feel of the, 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 of the fans feel. In fact, the, the, the new owners, uh, the York family really does play off of maybe inadvertently off of that uh, success they had back in the eighties and nineties. Hey Steve, I want to take it in a different direction here. If you had spent your career in Tampa, would we be talking to you today? Who knows? I mean, my gosh, there's no question. Um, there's no question this is the ultimate team game. Any great football player who says they did it alone is foolish. There are extraordinary football players, but as Joe Thomas is finding out in Cleveland, you can struggle and never really get you – you're always a Sherpa. You're never actually – you never get to put the flag on top. You know, and, and then there's a number – I go back and a number of guys that I see at the Pro Bowl, who because they weren't playing for a very good team, they maybe made the Pro Bowl, maybe made, but you don't, you don't get a chance to kind of expand, like you know, break out and, and and have a platform. You have to have a platform in football to be great. You it's not golf or tennis. It's not you don't go forge it yourself. There's many times I wished I was a golf or tennis player. Trust me, <laughs> but but because it's football, it's in it's a nature. It's it's kind of like the same argument. Is Jerry is Jerry, was Jerry made by Joe and I, or Joe and I made by Jerry, or was Bill Walsh? Is it, was it a system, or was it the player? I mean, is, I, I, we know that there's a little of both, but we also recognize that if you don't have the system, if you don't have the coach, if you don't have the protection, you can't you can't be great. So Tampa was as dysfunctional of a uh, of, of an organization as I can or ever remember being with or seeing or kind of being around. It was rough. So that might answer it for you. Well, uh, going in that direction, speaking of dysfunctional, I want to ask you about a guy that Clark and I argue about all the time. I just think there's a strong Hall of Fame case for Terrell Owens. Clark begins to beat his head repeatedly against the wall, which is one of the reasons I bring it up. I know, I know. You threw to him. I'm a pure, I mean, I I understand that. I understand that. Well, first of all, my experience is completely different. He called me sir. You know, yes, sir. No, sir. I'm like, Terrell, come on, man. Quit calling me, sir. Uh, he he was the hardest. I mean, he challenged Jerry's work ethic. Nobody else did that. And that's, that's uh, you know, that's history making. He was physically, I can't think, and you guys would probably think of five guys immediately, but I can't think of a guy before Terrell that was as physically dominant, as physical, used up the space and has that physicality and the, and the, pure muscle mass and the speed to go out and play the position at 240 pounds. I mean, you know, and still have all of the aspects that receivers have to have. Now I know a lot of since then, Des Bryant, you know, uh, Calvin Johnson, you know, there's a lot, this become the norm. Tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't Terrell, wasn't he the first really tight end looking guy that was playing receiver? Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, it just no, seemed like I there was a whole, I think he was. And so to me, so, so the same argument I kind of make for Eddie I make for Terrell in many ways. Terrell changed the position. It was, it was a fleet-footed, smaller route running, and now Terrell's a great route runner. The problem that Clark has is that just it was, 
he was such a frustrating personality and such a, uh, you know, and in many ways damaging to his team and not, not uh, you know, all those aspects. But he still changed the game. Well, speaking of great, Steve, this has been a great experience for us. Unfortunately, we're out of luck, but good luck with the Eddie campaign and I guess the Terrell Owens campaign. Well, and we hope, campaign. We hope to see you in San Francisco. I know, I know. I just, you, I, you want I to see him in, and there are a lot there. of people want to see him. I understand it. Yeah. I know, but uh, I think, listen, I, think we, I, I just I, I believe what I believe, so I appreciate you guys giving me a chance to air it out. Okay, Steve. Okay, thanks, thanks, Steve. That was Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young. Next up, the best of Wild Card Weekend. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Call Quicken Loans now to see if you qualify for the government's Home Affordable Refinance Program or HARP. And for six years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction. And for the second year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit quickenloans.com. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. The following was recorded at a Burger King drive through at breakfast. Morning, welcome to Burger King. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich? Sure can. Right now they're two for four dollars, but could you say that word again? Croissant sandwich? Oh, where I'm from, we say croissant sandwich. Wow. Where are you from? From behind this counter? Piled high with thick cut bacon or savory sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted cheese. Get two croissant sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just four dollars. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank hearing pitches from small businesses. Now there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to Cabbage.com. That's Cabbage with a K. K-A-B-B-A-G-E. Or call 888-CABBAGE. Football fans, get your Luxon and win at Luxor Las Vegas. Get in the game with first-string shows like Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Carrot Top, and Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil. Or tackle your hunger at restaurants like Public House, featuring comfort food, 20 brews on tap, and 30 flat panel TVs. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest resident DJs. When game time is done, our comfortable rooms and suites are the perfect end zone. Visit Luxor.com today. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. But just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to clean up what's slowing it down. For more details, go to MyCleanPC.com. Guys, we, of course, just finished speaking to Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young not only set the Super Bowl record for most touchdown passes one game, that would be six, but who was part of one of the greatest playoff drives in history. And that was one that resulted in the catch two. I'm talking about Steve throwing that touchdown pass to Terrell Owens and the 1998 come from behind defeat of Green Bay. And what? Yep, the wild card round. I was there. Derek, you weren't. But for those who weren't like you, Derek, let's hear the audio of what you missed. Three man. And Young stumbles on the way back and fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh, <laughs> this is amazing. Three seconds left. Darrell Owens. 
Roberts was having a rotten day, but on one play here, does he make up for it? Watch this, it's a zone, it's a prevent defense. There's three backers around him, they release right there, and Steve Young throws a perfect pass in there. Holy moly. Well, holy moly, Rick and Ron, I asked Eric to cue that <laughs> holy because moly. it's wild card weekend. Yeah, holy moly. The thing that shocked me was how composed the announcer was. He throws the touch, and it's a touchdown catch. And then all of a sudden, it was pandemonium on the sidelines. It was wild. But anyway, there have been all sorts of memorable finishes here on this weekend. And because I covered that game, uh, that one's my favorite. But I'll offer another on this weekend. Uh, the Music City Miracle, where with 16 seconds left, not three, and Buffalo having just gone ahead of Tennessee, 16-15. Goose, I know you remember it. You too, Ron. You were there. Okay. Well, the Titans pulled a trick play on the ensuing kickoff. And Goose, what happened? Frank, Frank Wycheck. Wycheck. Yeah. Threw a pass all the way across the field, too. Do you remember, Goose? Kevin Dyson. You are correct, sir, who promptly ran 75 yards for the game-winning score. It not only cost Buffalo special teams coach and friend of the show, Bruce DeHaven, his job. It so shocked the Bills. They haven't been back to playoffs since. <laughs> you know, one of my favorites, Clark, was 1994 Detroit at Green Bay. Barry Sanders and Brett Surprise. Favre. Oh, I was there. Like, Sanders coming off his second NFL rushing title with 1,883 yards. And, gentlemen, that's an average of 117 yards per game. No one could stop Sanders that season until he got to Green Bay. The great Fritz Shermer put together a defensive game plan that sold out to stop Sanders. And the Packers did just that. They held him to a career-worst minus one yard on 13 carries. But everyone in the building held their breath on all 13 miscarries because everyone knew he could have gone 80 yards on any given one of them. He was that explosive. Packers won the game 16-12. Ryan, can you top that? Well, easily. Can't believe you guys can remember this. You must be getting old. Greatest comeback in NFL history in the playoffs. Buffalo Bills. Houston Oilers, Buffalo trailing 35-3 to on uh, January 3rd, 1993 in a wild card game. Frank Reich, backup quarterback, and he was spending most of his time backing up to be sure, playing for Buffalo. What happens? They come charging back, end up winning the game 41-38 in overtime without Cornelius Bennett, their all-pro linebacker, and losing Thurman uh, Thomas, the future Hall of Fame running back. I can say future Hall of Famer, right? Because yes, right. You are allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. make sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the, in in the second half, I mean, it was it was incredible, and it was like, you know, it was like a train running downhill. At first, you said, "Oh, isn't that good?" They scored a little touchdown. That's kind of oh, pretty good. One forty-one to go in the third quarter. He throws a little ball, bounces off keep with Gellin, and, and it, you know, it gets intercepted. And it looks like it's all over there. They scored another little touch. And, well, okay, maybe at the least they're going to make it kind of a close game. And then kaboom, boom, 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 and they end up winning the, winning the game in overtime. I mean, it was it was absurd, really, when you, when you think about it. And of course, like, Frank Rice finished the game. He was 21-34 for 289 yards and four touchdowns with a pick. Andre Reid had eight catches for 136 yards and three TDs. And when did he score those TDs, Clark? Second half. Second half, exactly. You know, so, I mean, it, it was just ridiculous. Really, well, when you think about it, and and how everybody on the Orioles didn't get fired and forced, you know, to get day jobs is beyond. That me. would be <laughs> friend of the show, Andre Reid. Hey, uh, guys, <laughs> how about your Hall of Fame for most memorable performance on Wild Card Weekend in a starred role? I mean, Terrell Owens would be a nominee, of course, but uh, you have another goose. Yes, sir. Natrone means now, Clark. Oh, you remember the end train from his days in San Diego in the 1994 Super Bowl season. 
But I'm going to advance you a few years to 1996, second year of existence for the Jacksonville Jaguars, their first ever playoff game in Buffalo against the AFC's perennial power Bills. Buffalo had all the stars, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Hunter Reed, Bruce Smith, but the Jaguars had Natrone Means, who rushed for 175 yards on 31 carries that day to power the Jaguars to a 30-27 victory. You know, I bet Tom Coff remembers that first playoff victory of his as well as I do. Hey, Ron, we must be getting old because three of these four memories deal with Buffalo. They haven't been to the playoffs in 16 years. Yeah, really. Natron means, wow, that's in the way back machine. But, uh, well, uh, well, mine's a little more uh, more recent, being a man of the future. Yeah. Tim Tebow's greatest moment in the oh. National Football League, and I was there throwing for 316 yards and two touchdowns, rushing for 50 yards and another touchdown, and that included an 80-yard touchdown to Demarius Thomas in the first on the first play of overtime to beat the Steelers uh, in 2011. But here's what I remember most uh, from that game. It wasn't Tebow's great plays, which was pretty incredible. As you know, a deeply religious guy, Tim Tebow. He averaged 31.6 yards per completion that day, and the Nielsen ratings for that game peaked out at 31.6. Reminding us of what, boys? Tim Tebow's favorite Bible verse, John 3.16, 31.6. <laughs> However, as you know, that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Well, you know what? John Elway didn't believe in Tim Tebow because he, he hired Peyton Manning in a hurry after that, and that was the end of Tim Tebow's career. <laughs> Well, and also, Ron, remember, that was the defending conference champion Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. The Broncos weren't given a shot, not given a shot in that game. Well, I'm oh. going to take, take someone we may hear about this weekend, and that's running back Marshawn Lynch. Now, we haven't seen him for a long time, been hurt most of the season, but he practiced on Monday. He was part of that 7-9 Seattle team that people said, ah, they don't belong. Well, 2010, they did belong because they were given no chance against the defending Super Bowl champion New Orleans Saints. No chance. Yet, they won. And they won with Marshawn Lynch running over, around, and through the entire New Orleans defense on a 67-yard run that shook the stadium so loudly. Yes, sir. Seismic activity was recorded in the area. Honest. Apparently, nothing's changed about that New Orleans defense. Yeah, right. I was there. Ron, there's always seismic activity around when Dr. Data, a.k.a. Rick Goslin, takes the stage. You like that segue? I don't know. Yeah, very good. You're smooth as oil. Goose, where are we going today? Now, remember the old five-year plans in the NFL? Hire a coach, <laughs> give him a yeah. few years to implement his plan, expect him to compete for a division title in his third or fourth year, and then become a viable Super, content, super Bowl contender by his fifth year? You guys don't remember? Neither I do. do NFL owners. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers fired Jim Tom Sula after one season. Tennessee Titans released Ken Wisnut after just 23 games, and the Cleveland Browns whacked Mike Pettin after two seasons. The Philadelphia Eagles said goodbye to Chip Kelly after three years. There were eight NFL head coaches fired after the 2011 season. Eight more got whacked after the 2012 season. Seven more in 2013. Seven more 2014. Now six have been let go immediately after the season. Add it all up, guys. That's 36 head coaching changes in the last five years. Now, let me remind you, there are only 32 head coaching positions in the NFL. Ron's Raiders have had eight head coaches in the last 15 years. <laughs> the Browns are now searching for their seventh head coach in the last 15 years. The Titans are looking for their third head coach in the last five years. 
The new breed of NFL owners wants to win, and they want to win now. There is no patience for building, no patience for losing. When they don't win, they blame the head coach. Tom Landry didn't win a game in his first year with Dallas and didn't post a winning season until his seventh year. He never would have lasted in today's NFL. Chuck Noll went 1-13 in his first year with Pittsburgh, and it took him four years to post a winning season. He wouldn't have lasted long in today's NFL either. Patience is a virtue, but it's not a virtue practiced in the NFL anymore. Well, Goose, uh, you know, why do you think that is? Uh, you know, Russia had the 10-year plans, and uh, the NFL used to have the five-year plans. Now they got the five-month plan. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, Russia? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, yeah, well, the 10-year plans, all those guys, <laughs> Stalin and Khrushchev and all those characters. Uh, but here's my question. These guys who own these teams, they wouldn't run their own real businesses, the one that gave them the money to buy teams like this. So what is it about sports that makes them forget how they build the, uh, the, their real businesses that probably took them decades Well, to if, Ron, if I'm Jerry Jones, I made my billions in oil. Would I hire a football guy to make my oil decisions? No. But that's what so many of this new breed of owners want to do. They want to make the decisions in an area that they have no expertise. In most cases, they are hoping to get lucky with their hire. When they become unlucky, they fire the coach, pay him off, and then try to get lucky again and hire their next one. It's a bad cycle spiraling downward. Oh, Goose and Ron, I mentioned Marshawn Lynch, like Marshawn. We got to run. Up next, the case for Terrell Owens. Oh, my God. Make it to the Hall of Fame. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. I just feel like something's missing. I know. What we had was so big. And warm and bright. And yellow. Oh, I really miss the sun. No sun? No problem. Centrum, the most trusted multivitamins, now have more of the vitamin D3 you need. Get the vitamin D you could be missing this winter with Centrum Multivitamins, now our highest level of D3 ever. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Hey, Burger King, you want to drive biz? I got this idea. I'm a big fan of the way you cook your burgers, but what about chicken? So why not do a flame-grilled burger chicken? Burger chicken? How about we call it the new Flame Grilled Chicken Burger from Burger King? A savory Flame Grilled Chicken Patty topped with veggies on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with another delicious sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new Flame Grilled Chicken Burger. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. We are friends. We are sisters. We are daughters. We are stronger together. Meet a We Rafiki bracelets are handmade with love by women in Africa, providing employment and empowerment. Wear your passion for changing the world at we.org. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. With Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Another reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, 
Log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis, and within minutes, you can download software to clean up what may be slowing it down. For more details, go to MyCleanPC.com. Rick, Ron, nothing slowed down Jim Irsay this week. He surprised <laughs> all of us, not only by retaining Chuck Pagano as his head coach, but by giving him an extension, four years extension, as a matter of fact. I, I said surprise. Actually, I'm stunned, and I'm pleased. I mean, I think Chuck Pagano probably is, too. I mean, he called... Monday, which was the day the decision was announced, absolutely the best day of my life, and it should be. But let's be honest, guys. He did a remarkable job getting that team to 8-8 eight eight with, what, 16, 20 different quarterbacks, I lost count, and a gun held to his head. Yeah, managing adversity is what coaching's all about. Anyone can win if you have all the best players. But when you're asked to win with your second and third quarterback, as Pagano, Bill O'Brien, and Mike Tomlin were asked to do this season, that's great coaching. That's being a difference maker on the sidelines, and those guys are worth keeping and, in Pagano's case, extending. Well, Ronnie, while Chuck's not going anywhere, uh, a lot of coaches are, as I said, this one was a surprise, uh, but anything else out there that has you saying, uh, I didn't see that one coming? Well, yeah, actually, I was surprised about Chip Kelly, to tell you the truth, even though I think it's you, know, you can justify it. You know, my information was that you know, two things ended up getting Chip Kelly uh, fired, and neither one had to do, uh, per se, with his record. Uh, one was the, uh, the game up in Buffalo when the owner was sitting in the owner's box and, and watched one of his favorite players, LaShawn McCoy, destroy Kiko Alonso, who he, he traded McCoy to get uh, in a pass coverage situation. And uh, Jeffrey Lurie sitting up in the box saying to himself, why did we do this? <laughs> and, and the other one was a week later, uh, Kelly's at a uh, press conference and he's asked a question about a particular personnel, and he says, I don't know about that. I'm not the general manager. I'm just the guy in charge of 90 people. And, <laughs> and Lurie realized that would mean him as well, and he said to himself, no, 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 there's one person you're not in charge of, which is the guy you used to work for. And he, he turned around and fired him. But this was about people and managing people, uh, and not really about uh, just the wins and losses. Yeah, no, that's right. And that's uh, Kiko Alonso, Ron, not to be confused with Kiko Garcia, correct? <laughs> right. Or, yeah, that's right. I like Kiko Garcia. Yeah, I know you did. You covered him. Uh, well, here's another surprise, guys. I mean, normally this is where we celebrate birthdays. Not today. Nope. Today is where we celebrate the best and brightest of 2015. The famous and the infamous as we hand out our awards. And Derek, make sure that crowd is ready and gathered because here they come. First up, most valuable player. Goose? K Cam Newton, he lost his best wideout in training camp when Kelvin Benjamin went down with a knee injury. So what does he do? Newton offers the best season of his career, manufacturing plays with his arm and legs to win 14 consecutive games to start the season. And eventually came the NFC, claimed the NFC's top seed with a 15-1 record. He wills his team to victory. Ronnie? Well, well, I would say Tom Brady, but I know you're going to. So Carson Palmer. <laughs> I think oh, we did. They love that in Arizona. They love it. I think what he's done is remarkable out there. Uh, you know, he looked like his career was was finished. But certainly without him, the Cardinals aren't the same team. And he's he's really put up, you know, the most remarkable statistical season of, of his career and as good as anybody in football. Congratulations, Carson. You're right. I was going to say Tom Brady, but actually I prefer guys on two legs. So I'm going to go, Goose, I'm going with you, Cam Newton. I mean, everyone else except Russell Wilson. Yes, Russell Wilson, guys, faded down the stretch. Okay, next up, Offensive Player of the Year, Goose. Julio Jones, Offensive Player of the Year is a stats award, and no one had better stats than Jones. He caught nine or more passes in nine games and at least 100 yards in eight of them. 93 of his 136 catches produced first downs. No one was even close. Ronnie? I'm old school. Adrian Peterson, 
Friend of the show, by the way. Friend of the show. Old. You're just uh, old. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's, he's, he's had to overcome a lot now was of, of his own making for the most part, but still he did and had to refocus his mind, had to convince his team to give him the pill again, which they did, uh, <laughs> and he certainly did plenty with it. So uh, I think the Vikings are in trouble without him. Oh, congratulations, Adrian. I, Ron, I can't find my Tom Yo, Brady card. Yo, Adrian! I, I can't find my Tom Brady card. Where is it? Okay, yes, well, yeah. if I can't find it, you know what? I'm voting for Cam again. I can't believe I'm saying this. Cam again. What, the audience doesn't like that? Oh, he throws a zillion touchdown passes, and he also scores running the ball. So, Cam, congratulations. Yeah. Defensive wow. player of the year. Goose, we're on to defensive player of the year. And I know okay. we had a poll in this earlier. Who are you going with? I like complete players and defense players who have an impact against both the run and pass. And I thought the most complete defensive player in 2015 was Carolina middle linebacker Leek Kukley. He had 118 tackles in the NFL's fourth-ranked run defense and led all NFL linebackers with four interceptions. He also broke up 14 other passes, forced two fumbles, recovered one, and scored a defensive touchdown. Keekley's the guy. Wow. Ronnie? I like another guy from that team. Uh, Josh Norman, shutdown corner who shut up Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, that's saying something, and it's not easy. And he also just recently called Mike Evans a peasant. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I liked it. <laughs> Well, I'm taking these out here, guys. Going with J.J. Watt. Played with the cast, got double team, still the league in sacks, and was a dominant player. Hey, last one here. Coach of the year, and let's make this quick. We're running out of time. Goose? Okay, the Chiefs lost their best player running back, Jamal Charles, in the fifth game of the season on a way to a 1-5 and five start. From that point on, Chiefs didn't lose a game, win 10 in a row to finish 11-5 for wildcard playoff spot, and that's with Alex Smith, at quarterback. Andy Reid, come on down. You're my coach of the year. Ronnie? Wow. Well, my heart says Jack Del Rio. He didn't lose with the Raiders. That's not easy. But I'm going to go with my, my friend Bill Belichick. 12-4 and four with six different left tackles, five different right tackles, and 35 different uh, uh, lineups. Pretty good. Yeah, you're such a homer. What a homer. Uh, yeah. I'm going with Andy Reid, too. Hey, listen, we got to go. Speaking of awards, Ron, I know you want to give out something to Terrell, uh, Terrell Owens. Terrell, yeah, Terrell Owens. I would like to, too, but you know what? It's not what you have in mind. I know you want to put him in the Hall of Fame. I, I do. I, find that hard to believe ronnie wrote about him on our website talkoffamenetwork.com this week tell listeners what you like about this guy look terrell owens may be the most controversial hall of fame nominee in nfl history but not because of his 15-year career uh isn't hall of fame worthy it's because he, he's controversial because he was hard to get along with what is this the hall of fame or the miscongeniality contest no fair thinking person can argue over uh, terrell owens's production he retired with 15,934 receiving yards 153 touchdowns and a thousand 78 receptions. That left him second in yards, third in touchdowns, sixth in catches, and in need of a place in the Hall of Fame. Uh, would it have been nicer if he also brought donuts on Mondays? Yes, <laughs> but that would not have made him more productive. For all his battles with management and criticism of teammates, no one ever questioned Terrell Owens' courage over the middle or his will to win. He proved it both them both clearly on the biggest stage, the playoffs. That 1998 catch that he made for the 49ers uh, that we talked about earlier. And in 2004, his first season with the Eagles, he was averaging a touchdown catch a game when he broke his fibula. The Eagles are 13-1 at the time and supposedly headed to the Super Bowl. And he said, if they get there, I'll be there. The medical staff said, you'll be in a psychiatric ward. Well, you know what? When they played the Patriots, he was there limping and heavily wrapped, and he caught nine balls for 122 yards, and he would have been the MVP if the Eagles won the game. So, yeah. Contract disputes were a problem. Battles with his teammates were a problem. Public criticism of Jeff Garcia and Donovan McNabb were a problem. But you know what? This is the guy who caught 50% of Garcia's 32 touchdown throws in 2001 and played for the Eagles on a broken leg in the Super Bowl like Superman.
You may not like Terrell Owens, Clark, but to receive his job is to produce, and he did. Hey, Ron, there's some donuts waiting for you here. Terrell Owens just <laughs> dropped them off for you. Hey, listen, we're nearly out of time, so let's get to the Chip Kelly drill where everyone's moving, including Chip. Ron, is this week's question? So, Ronnie, let's get to him. Here we go. Jason Garrett didn't want to get into personnel decisions when asked if the Cowboys should re-sign Greg Hardy. What's your decision? I agree with Garrett. The owner created this mess. Let him fix it. I'm not a parole officer. Tom Brady's high ankle sprain is killing him. Will it kill the Patriots? The high ankle is actually an Achilles heel. No, it won't. Because while it's swollen, Ron, he'll just let a little air out of it, and it'll be okay. (laughs) Very good. Bears GM Ryan Pace says Chicago has extreme confidence in their $16 million quarterback, Jay Cutler. Do you? When $16 million are at stake, the GM has no other choice but to express extreme confidence. I'm not a GM, though. Uh, let's see, Ronnie. He's been to the playoffs uh, once in his career and is 16-25 and 25 the past three seasons, so no. If the Browns draft a quarterback number one in April, should he play in the NFL, the CFL, or go to grad school? CFL, that path worked for Joe Theismann. NFL, but only after pulling in Eli and demanding to be traded. You're looking for a coach. Mike Shanahan, Josh McDaniels, or Hugh Jackson? None of the above. Jim Schwartz, give me a defensive coach every single time. Hugh Jackson did the improbable. Got the Raiders to 500. <laughs> Cowboy linebacker Sean Lee says it was his decision to sit out last Sunday and it cost him $2 million bucks. What would you do for your talk of fame bonus? Sprint to the bank and cash it. I'd put you, Ronnie, in the Hall of Fame. Successful extra point rates dropped to 94.2%, the lowest since 1979 this year. What form of excellence will the NFL try to outlaw next? Hopefully the exhibition games. Uh, Tackling. Oh, wait a minute. Can Chip Kelly save Colin Kaepernick and vice versa? Only if both return to a college campus where both styles were much better fits. Chip Kelly should first worry about saving Chip Kelly. Johnny Manziel was in Vegas last Saturday and Cleveland on Monday. Where should he be in 2016? If he's in the NFL, he'll be in Dallas. Wherever there's last call. (laughs) That's the end of our first hour. Don't go away. We have Tony Dungy and Hall of Fame voter John McClain in the second hour, as well as our first residential debate of 2016. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Hey, Burger King, it's Mike calling again. I called a billion times about the burgers and the chicken and the flame grilling. My big idea, call me back. I'm here at home. Michael, didn't we talk about you trying the new flame grilled chicken burger from Burger King? A savory flame grilled chicken patty topped with veggies on a toasted bun. Now just two for five dollars. Or mix and match with another delicious sandwich part of the two for five dollar deal. The new flame grilled chicken burger, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price and participation vary. This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank hearing pitches from small businesses. Now there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to Cabbage.com, that's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E, or call 888-CABBAGE. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network, brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly and who doesn't, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. Within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing it down. For more details, go to MyCleanPC.com. 
Welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network. This is the week, of course, when we cut from 25 semifinalists to the class of 2016 to 15 finalists. But I'm talking, of course, about the list of modern Erin candidates. That would include someone like maybe a former coach, Tony Dungy, whom we have in this hour. What it may not include, former quarterback Ken Stable, who's a senior nominee. I wanted to ask you about him, Ron, but before I do, I want to go back to that last segment. We were talking about Terrell Owens, and we had to rush yeah. through it. Yeah, I, I mean, we got some questions for you. I got the first question. He threw us some great numbers there, great numbers. How about this number? Zero. That's the number of teams that wanted him at the top of his career. You want to put a guy like that into the Hall of Fame? Well, I do, because first off, it wasn't zero. The team he was on didn't want him, but other teams wanted him. <laughs> Why is that? Because they saw him. Well, they couldn't play get rid of him football. fast enough. They couldn't well, get rid of him fast enough. Uh, that may be. It, it, look, he, he was he was not the easiest employee to get along with, uh, six days a week. But on Sunday, Superman. You know, for all the quarterbacks like Donovan McNabb that had their problems with uh, Terrell Owens and Jeff Garcia, they didn't have any problem throwing a ball to him when he was playing for him. Why is that? Because he was open and in the end zone. Hey, Ron, Randy Moss or Terrell Owens? For what? Mr. Congeniality? <laughs> for, all, for Hall of Fame? For your next uh, endorsement. Terrell Owens, I think he's a tougher guy. Oh, I think Terrell Owens is a tougher guy. He hey, never played for the Patriots like Moss did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's hard to believe he's yeah, so Here's bad. what I know about Randy Moss. He was playing for the Raiders all week. They they play, they game plan for a play for him to run across the middle of the field. They got a certain look and with a certain uh, formation. They got it. Belinikov called the play. Uh, uh, Andrew Walters was a quarterback. He dropped back. He went to throw the ball to him wide open in the middle of the field and nearly dislocated his shoulder because nobody was there. <laughs> he ran a nine route. Freddie took him out. He came to the sidelines, and he said, Randy, what were you doing? We practiced that all week. He looked at him. He said, Randy, don't run on no infield, dude. <laughs> hey, hey, Ron. <laughs> Freddie said to him, it's classic, guys. Classic Blitnikov. He said to him, couldn't you have told us that on Thursday? <laughs> Ronnie, I, I want to go back to T.O. here. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 I know you respect and I think you, you like Bill Parcells, right? Friend of the show, Bill Parcells. I do. You like the Love guy, right? Parcells. Okay. okay. The day that they introduced Terrell Owens as a Dallas Cowboy, and Goose, you were there because I was there too. I was there that day in Dallas with you, Goose. And the day they introduced him, Bill Parcells was nowhere to be found. Why? He wanted no part of the guy. That was his way of saying, I'm not on board with this. And Goose, what did he call him during his tenure in Dallas? Did he call the him player. by his name? The, the player. player. The Never player. called him by his name. That's how right. much respect he had for your Hall of Fame candidate. Yeah, well, that wasn't the only guy that he called. But you know what? He threw the ball to the player when he was playing <laughs> for the Cowboys. That's all I know. <laughs> in well, the end, they can say what they want. It's not... You know, this is not the Miss America contest. Like, who do we like most? You know, I want love and peace. Oh, I understand that, but but you I had know. a coach who coached this guy. Said this was the most divisive guy I've ever had. I don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame. Divisive guy. I don't care how productive he's on the field. I don't care. Anyway, let's move on here. Goose. I who asked won him. that Packer game? Terrell Owens. Why did they throw <laughs> one of those receivers that they loved because they weren't open? <laughs> Goose, I was talking about <laughs> Ken Stabler. You're a member of the senior committee. So is Ronnie. Ronnie came out of there with uh, Ken Stabler, and the senior committee came out with Ken Stabler and Dick Stenfeld as senior nominees. Do you think Ken Stabler is going to make it this year? Oh, boy. Um, I wasn't in the room for his, his selection. You know, Ron was. I think his passing had something to do with the election. But, uh, okay. you know, he's been a modern-era finalist. And the guys we brought back, Bob Hayes was modern era finalist, Claude Humphreys, Dick Stanfield, and they've all got voted down as senior candidates. I, I think it's going to be an uphill struggle for, for Stable. Okay, Ronnie, he, he mentioned um, you know, the sympathy element. I want to direct that at you, and it's a tough question, but 
Um, is there a, a sympathy element here? I mean, Ken Stabler died last summer, and he hadn't been nominated by the senior committee before, but then he passes away, and suddenly he jumps the queue. I'm not saying he's not deserving. I think he is deserving. But is there a sympathy element at play here? I didn't really sense that at all. I really didn't. I, I think it may have brought his, him more to the, the fore. And frankly, some people already thought he was already in the Hall of Fame, which right, that's true. says a lot about a lot, uh, to tell you the truth. Uh, but no, I, I didn't sense that, and I don't think that was the case. I think there was a strong feeling that it was a shame that he wasn't already in because he deserved to be in, and everybody felt that way. I mean, Goose just mentioned those modern-era finalists uh, like Claude Humphrey and, and right. Bob Hayes who got voted down. They also eventually got voted in. Yeah, that's true. long in the Hall of Fame, and so does Ken Stable. And, and what about Stanfield? Quickly, you're bringing him back for the third time. Does he make it? I think that there's a really split on him, and I think there's a lot of guys who really feel strongly after doing the research, and I'm one of them, that he belongs in there. Uh, whether he gets in or not, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I uh, I can't find anybody in football who doesn't say that he, he should be in there. Okay, well, Tony Dungy's not a seniors candidate, but he is going to make it to our next segment. So don't go away. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Call Quicken Loans now to see if you qualify for the government's Home Affordable Refinance Program, or HARP. And for six years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction. And for the second year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit quickenloans.com. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. I just feel like something's missing. I know. What we had was so big. And warm and bright. And yellow. Oh, I really miss the sun. No sun? No problem. Centrum, the most trusted multivitamins, now have more of the vitamin D3 you need. Get the vitamin D you could be missing this winter with Centrum Multivitamins, now our highest level of D3 ever. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the iconic cleaning formula known around the globe. Since being introduced to households and businesses over 35 years ago, the family of Simple Green products has grown. But one thing all of them share is my full commitment to their excellence. Try a Simple Green product today, and if you're not 100% satisfied, I'll refund your money. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Do you freak out every time you break out? Try Proactive. There's a huge reason Proactive is the number one acne treatment. It totally works. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. Our next guest is not only one of the great coaches in NFL history and Hall of Fame finalist, but a longtime friend of ours. Tony Dungy coached the Tampa Bay Bucks to an NFC title game without a quarterback before taking the Indianapolis Colts to a Super Bowl championship with a quarterback. What's more, he won 66% of his games, which makes him the sixth winningest coach of all time, behind five Hall of Famers, Lombardi, Shula, Hallis, Madden, and George Allen. Today, he sits in the NBC studio as an analyst for Football Night in America, when, of course, he's not with us. 
Tony was one of our first guests on the show. And guys, I think he was our first guest on the show. Anyway, it's a pleasure, a pleasure to have you back, Stranger. Thanks, Tony. Well, thank you. It's always good to be back since we can't get together at the combine anymore. You guys don't come. That's right. True. Those guys... Tony, those guys don't care like you and I do. I know. We're the only ones that care about football anymore. <laughs> hey, Tony, let's let's start with the Hall of Fame. You made the cut to 10 for the class of 2015 in your second visit to the finals, which was a huge step. How much thought have you given to the Hall of Fame over these last 11 months, and what would a gold jacket mean to you? You know, it's funny. You really don't think about it that much, but when, when I did make it last year to the final 10, then you start to think, you know what, th- this might happen and how, how special it would be. Uh, coming up in, in the coaching ranks, and, and, you know, I played for Chuck Noll and Bill Walsh. So, to me, that's what you think of when you, you think of Hall of Fame. And it's just hard for me to even fathom being in that conversation, uh, having watched those guys work. So, it would be very, very special. Um, I, I, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. You were um... – Lucky, Tony, to leave the NFL on top. You retired in a 12-4 and season. Uh, most guys aren't that lucky, like my pal Tom Coughlin right now. Uh, you know, they don't leave the NFL that way. Six head coaches have already been uh, dismissed since the start of the 2015 season. The Browns are looking for their third head coach in four years. The Titans are looking for their third head coach in five years. And the Raiders have had eight head coaches in the last 15 years. Do you have any advice for these owners on how they should be handling these situations? It's funny. Ron, you ask them, and, and I've talked to owners. People, they, they call me, and what do you think about this person or that person? And I tell everybody that I talk to in the hiring business, go talk to Dan Rooney and do what he does. It's, it's a pretty simple formula. Figure out what kind of team you want to have, and then look for the coach that fits that. And don't worry about what people think, what I think, what writers think, what fans think. Get the person that you're comfortable with that's going to deliver the type of team you want and then stick with them. It, it's not that hard, but I think they get so enamored with, is this going to be a popular choice? Is this guy going to be effective? We need to you know, settle our quarterback situation. We, we've got all these other agendas, and it's not about that at all. It's about who can lead your team in the way that you, you want it. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Philadelphia now and hearing all this stuff about Chip Kelly that – well, we need uh, somebody who's more people-friendly and gets along with people and can bring the building together. Well, if you knew that in the first place, if that's what you wanted, then maybe that wasn't the guy to hire. So uh, it, it just doesn't seem like that hard a process to me. Yeah, speaking of Philadelphia, Tony, it seems to me if that's the case, somebody didn't do his homework because that's the criticism now. Why didn't they know that three years ago? Well, they could have they could have talked to my son, Eric, who played out there for four <laughs> years and would have told them, if you want an offensive genius that can move people around, that's Chip Kelly. If you're looking for somebody to make everybody warm and fuzzy, it, that's not him. And so it's not that hard to do that kind of research and figure out what you want. We're speaking with former coach Tony Dungy, who is warm and fuzzy, by the way, on the Talk of Fame Network. And, and Tony, you've seen the best teams play every Sunday night uh, all season long on NBC. So if you can, clue us in. Who exactly are the best teams? In other words, who should we be watching out for in the playoffs? Well, I think that's why this is going to be a great playoff season because there is no one dominant team or, the, or no two dominant teams. In the past, you could say, boy, you know, nobody's going to go into New England and beat New England and Foxborough. Uh, but I don't think we have that kind of situation. I, I think the two best teams right now, AFC, 
believe it or not, I like Kansas City. I think they're playing with the most momentum, the most confidence. They're probably the most complete team right now and flying a little bit under the radar. And despite what happened last week, I think Arizona still has the most complete team in the NFC. Now, that doesn't mean those two teams are going to get there because, as we've seen, everybody can have off days and the teams are so close. But if I had to squander 50 cents and bet 50 (laughs) cents on on the playoffs, those would be the teams I would pick. Tony, you saw both Tom Brady and Peyton Manning up close from the sideline in their primes. Now, that was a decade ago. What do you see when you watch those two quarterbacks now? You know, they're, they're not the same, but in some ways they're, they're a little bit better. Both of those guys had phenomenal touch, phenomenal accuracy. They were just so on top of the game, and they're very competitive. I don't think either guy throws the same way they did 10 years ago. They don't move the same way they did, but they know the game so well. They're so confident, and they get that across to people. Uh, what Tom Brady's done this year with that revolving cast of receivers and that offensive line it's miraculous that they've won 12 games and then you saw Peyton Manning come in last week hadn't played in six weeks uh, the energy that he brought to that stadium that he brought to the team the very first drive the blitz that that Brock Osweiler got hit in the back with he recognized the audibles to a run away from the blitz for a 20-yard gain those are the things that those guys do they have such command of the game now they can still be effective even if their skills have diminished from when they were at the top of their game. You've always been at heart, I think, a defensive guy, like our, uh, my pal the Goose. Uh, you played on a defense that uh, could and did win championships, the Steel Curtain of the of the 70s uh, when I was out with the Raiders. Can defense still win championships in today's pass-happy NFL? I think defense can, can win one. You can get on a run and win with defense. You know, Seattle certainly won their championship. With, with defense when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Russell Wilson was just coming on, and, and they had some explosiveness with Percy Harvin, but they weren't a great offensive team. We saw the Ravens do it. The Giants really won with, with defense the year that they won it. But it, it's hard to win consistently in this league now without that quarterback who, who can make those plays. Um, you, you better be so dominant on defense. And I, I don't know that we'll see a, a situation like that where the Ravens put together just such a dominant defense. I, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. You, you can maybe get on a run and win one, but I don't think you can win consistently without that great quarterback. We're speaking with former coach Tony Dungy on the Talk of Fame Network, and Tony, speaking of defense, the NFL's been on the defensive lately about this uh, new movie, Concussion. There's been a lot of buzz about it. I, I understand you haven't seen it, uh, and that's fine, but I want to ask you, um, you certainly have seen the concussion protocol change from the time you played through the end of your coaching career. That's my guess. Um, how much of a leap was it? Yeah, the, the football has gotten a lot better. And, it's you know, there are going to be dangers and there are going to be head blows and, and it's never going to be 100% safe. But I just think we're doing things so much differently and so much better. Uh, I can remember my junior year in college, uh, uh, third down play, big third down play. I'm playing quarterback at University of Minnesota, scramble and dive for the first down, get it, get knocked cold and come out for one play. And and they ask you, do you know where you are and what's the score? And that, that was basically <laughs> it. I went back in the game, uh, went the next drive, and I am yelling at the referee, we're punting the ball, the punt team's coming on, you're cheating us, you're cheating us. What happened to third down? We only ran two <laughs> plays. And my, my guys are looking at me like I'm nuts. And then 
I go on the film session the next day and see a play that I, I didn't remember, had no idea what was going on, but I was able to answer that question, what's the score, I'm in Memorial Stadium, the whole thing. That's, that's all we knew about it in the 70s. And it was like that uh, my, my second year with Pittsburgh. I got knocked out in the game against Buffalo. And it was a preseason game, so they didn't put me back in. But there was no, you know, the trainers didn't even talk to you. There was no protocol involved. Well, now fast forward, you know, to my last couple of years coaching, and I've got guys begging me. I'm ready to go. Believe me, I feel great coach. Put me back in. Doctors won't let me go. I had many, many players uh, that had to sit out a week, had to sit out two weeks that would come to me, and they weren't allowed to play. And the baseline testing, all of those things, better helmets, mouthpieces. Uh, my trainer in Tampa, Todd Torcelli, just was on me all the time. Get these guys to wear their mouthpiece in practice. So knock the concussions down quite a bit. Wear the right type of helmets. Buckle the chin straps. All those things that we took for granted years ago when I played, um, those are things we know are important now. And we've made strides. Is it perfect? No, but uh, definitely making strides and, and much better than it was. Tony, if you could take that 50 cents you won in your playoff bet <laughs> and, and pay to watch any player in today's NFL, who would it be? Wow, there, there are some guys. I, I love the offensive skill positions. Antonio Brown just amazes me and what he's able to do with people knowing that he's going to get the ball, much like Marvin Harrison when I had him, that you know you've got to – figure out a way to stop and this guy's catching 13 14 15 balls a game and really doing it and making it look so easy uh, i would love to to watch him and i do love to watch him on the other side of the ball jj uh, watt when he's healthy now that he's got his hands going moving around different spots hustling using that big athletic body and making himself hard to block those are two guys that i, I could watch week in and week out same question tony if pay to watch any player from any NFL era. You know, go back in the way back machine if you'd like. Who would that wow. player be? You know, I didn't see Jim Brown that much, and my dad always talked about him. I saw him at the tail end of his career when I was really, really young, and uh, just listening to my dad say this, this is the greatest player ever. But uh, from my memory, watching Gale Sayers, and I didn't get to see him enough because of the injury, but he was so special and so elusive and just wonderful to watch. Uh, I, I would love to, to see more of Gale Sayers in his prime. That'd be the one guy that I, I'd love to see. I was going to say Barry Sanders, but I saw too much of him. <laughs> I don't need to get any more Barry Sanders, but he was in the same category. Hey, Tony, we, we've got about a minute left, about 45 seconds. I'm going to ask you, since we're on the history class lesson, uh, same thing. Uh, you have one quarterback from any era. So we're doing history. One quarterback from any era. I'm asking you to coach my team. Who's that quarterback you take? Well, I'm taking Peyton Manning just because of what he is able to do and the way that he works and the way he makes other players better, how he studies, everything he puts into it, being a leader, and then the throws that, that he could make. Um, that's the guy I want if I'm starting a team from all the guys that I've played against, coached against, or played with, um, I would take Peyton. Hey, Tony, uh, we're taking you, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> hey, thanks for the time. Again, thanks for the time. I understand when the season's over, as a matter of fact, you're going to move into Rick's seat here, so we'll see you then. <laughs> well, I would love to. and we, we need to get together sometime to, to rehash some old times. It's always good to be with you guys. You got thanks, it, Tony. Tony, right. Tony thanks. thanks so much. Thanks, Tony. That was former coach Tony Dungy. Up next, the first of our 2016 residential debates. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.
Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, and whose computer doesn't, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to cure what may be ailing your PC. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Hey, Burger King, you want to drive biz? I got this idea. I'm a big fan of the way you cook your burgers. But what about chicken? So why not do a flame-grilled burger chicken? Burger chicken? How about we call it the new Flame Grilled Chicken Burger from Burger King? A savory Flame Grilled Chicken Patty topped with veggies on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with another delicious sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new Flame Grilled Chicken Burger, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price and participation vary. This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank hearing pitches from small businesses. Now there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to cabbage.com, that's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E, or call 888-CABBAGE. Football fans, get your Luxon on and win at Luxor Las Vegas. Get in the game with first-string shows like Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Carrot Top, and Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil. Or tackle your hunger at restaurants like Public House, featuring comfort food, 20 brews on tap, and 30 flat panel TVs. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest resident DJs. When game time is done, our comfortable rooms and suites are the perfect end zone. Visit Luxor.com today. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Another reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing it down. For more details... Go to MyCleanPC.com. Rick, Ron, I see where we have another presidential debate scheduled for next week in Charleston, South Carolina. Right. Which, yeah, means we've got a week to see Donald Trump, Ben Garson, everyone else who's auditioned to become this year's Susan Lucci. So why should we waste a chance to have our own debate? We can do that. As I've said, we've done this before. We're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again right here. We're going to stage our own residential debate with you guys. Yeah, you, Rick, you, Ron, you're going to square off. You're going to debate, I don't know, how to fix the NFL, maybe the San Francisco 49ers. I was going to ask you to fix Johnny Manziel, but... Normally I'm paid for consulting, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you guys aren't the patrons of Lost Causes, so I'm not going to ask you to fix Johnny Manziel. So here's the deal. I'm going to give you the topic. You have 45 seconds to make your case. 45 seconds. Then your opponent has 30 seconds to rebut. Finally, you get 15 seconds to close. And if you don't do that, Derek's got the buzzer to make sure you do. There it is. Any questions? Goose? No, sir. No, sir. Ron? Okay. No, sir. First up, Dr. Data, it's you, Rick Goslin. 
You're the next GM of the Cleveland Browns, and my condolences. What do you do with Johnny Barstool? Well, I call up the Cowboys, offer him to Jerry Jones, who's been coveting him from afar for two years now. I'd ask for a second-round draft pick, first off, because I want to recoup some of my first-round investment, and secondly, because Jerry Jones may actually give me a two. If Jerry doesn't bite, I'd shop around anywhere else for a fourth-rounder. But I make it clear to the Cowboys, if you want him, you're going to have to trade him because we're not going to cut him. We'll give him away to someone else before we cut him. And there are enough quarterback-needy teams that a fourth or fifth rounder will be an attractive price. Ron, stage yours. Those are all good ideas, but I think it's much simpler than that. You buy him the big book, and you put 12 steps in his house and make sure, <laughs> make sure he's using all of them. This kid's got a problem. Uh, he has got a, a problem that's much more serious than, than football. Uh, can the Browns unload a, a guy who should be in, in uh, rehab? Maybe they can to a guy like Jerry Jones. <laughs> but I would, uh, but 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 I would doubt it. I think the bigger issue with with Johnny football is not football; it's his life. And, and anybody who really cares about him, they need to work on that. Forget about the football end of things. This kid is messed up. Yeah, I think the same thing could have been said for Ryan Leaf. And uh, same thing, they let him. Yeah, play where do you end up? Talent. Benedictory. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, exactly that's right. what's going to happen. No, I, I think he needs to get cleaned up first. But uh, if he's in the NFL next year, it'll be in Dallas. <laughs> okay, right Ronnie. That's gorgeous. You're next. Yes, you're next. You're San Francisco. Terrell Owens. <laughs> Shed your, yeah, Terrell Owens. Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you're San Francisco's Jed York, and you do not have Terrell Owens. Boy, yeah. You do not have Terrell Owens. In fact, you don't have a head coach. So, question. Whom do you hire as that guy? Who's your next head coach? Oh, to me, that's easy. Hire David Shaw. He's the best coach in college football, and you save on moving expenses. He's, he's right there in Palo Alto. He can stay in his house. You don't even have to move him. Look, he's a guy with nine years of NFL coaching experience, including, boys, 1998 to 2001 when he was assistant coach with the Oakland Raiders when they did what? Won two a AFC West titles. Is that not remarkable? It is. So uh, he's 54-14 and 14 at Stanford where they actually have to go to class. He was 12-2 and two this year. They should have been in the college playoffs, as they proved by crushing Iowa, who was a 12-1 and one team in the Rose Bowl. The guy is ready for the big stage. He understands pro players. He understands all players. The hard part is they got to convince him to leave the farm to go to the zoo. <laughs> El Rongo, Ron. The yeah. problem here is David Shaw is an offensive guy. I'm going to hire the best defensive coach I can find, and Jim Schwartz would be at the top of my list. You hire an offensive guy, and you'll find out he's only as good as his quarterback. Defensive guys have a greater regard for all three phases of the game. Offensive guys tend to make tunnel vision on the offense and the quarterback. Look at the recent hires. Mike Zimmer, Jack Dario, Todd Bowles. Defensive guys have succeeded because they coach their tails off, not because they're waiting on a quarterback to deliver them success. Ron, your chance for a rebuttal here. That, that was a really good use of the buzzer there by the big whistle, <laughs> Derek. Uh, Jim Schwartz. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Goose. Wasn't he... 29 and 51 as a head coach of the Lions. That would be 29 defensive wins, 51 defensive losses. One must score to win football games. You trash Bill Belichick, too, <laughs> after Cleveland. <laughs> we got to move, guys. Goose, you're back on the stage. So you're up as Dean Blandino. Sorry, Goose, but you're Dean Blandino. And you're Who lucky you have. You'd be better off if he was Terrell Owens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to step well, on a cowboy party bus, and then we'll see where it takes There you me. go. <laughs> He's on the bus with Jerry Jones and uh, Johnny <laughs> Manziel. Um, 
Goose, you're lucky I haven't been fired. But you have one year, one year to keep that job, one year to fix an officiating system that's broken. So what do you do? Tell them the fewer the flags, the better the game. I think NFL officials are afraid not to throw flags because if they miss penalties, they'll be marked down and it'll cost them those coveted postseason assignments. Two years ago, there was an average of 12.2 penalties per game. It jumped to a full penalty of 3.2 in 2014 and continued to climb to 13.8 in 2015. There are way too many flags, way too many inconsequential penalties being assessed. Tell the crews next September that the eight crews that call the fewest penalties will be rewarded with playoff games. That would go a long way toward cleaning up this mess. Okay, Terrell Owens, you're next. It would go a long way toward mayhem. No one would throw a single flag that I'm going to the playoffs. And it would better uh, get a better game. I, I, think that, I think that's not a bad idea, but I would add one other uh, thing to that message. Fewer flags, Fewer meetings. They have more meetings than than politicians. They throw a flag, and then they can't remember why they threw the flag. It's unbelievable how many meetings they have to have. Once you throw a flag, don't you know why you threw it? So tell a guy, and that's the end of it. No, they got a chitty chat to be on TV. What's that? He threw a flag on me. Terrell no. Owens wouldn't like it. Ronnie, did you just not hit the, the buzzer? buzzer? You. Yeah, Ron, Ron, buzzer? You're keeping Derek busy today. Okay, Goose, rebuttal. You got 15 I, I, seconds. I'd also junk the replay system. I think that's where you get your huddles. That's where you make mistakes. If replays got everything right, that's fine. But replays get it wrong more often than not. Okay, Ronnie. Goose, you, you, you like that old fat football that Sammy Ball used to throw around to? Man, you're unbelievable. Come on, get into the modern age. Ron, this is a Where's debate. Where's the buzzer when you really here. need it? Get back on track, would you please? There you go. Ron, this yes. one's for you, and it's a tough one, okay? For your Patriots, as a local honk, do the <laughs> Patriots lose? And if so, who beats them? Anybody can beat them now, I mean, because they're not the Patriots. They're the Patriots limping around with patches on their head, and patches on their ankles, and patches on their knees. I, I don't think if they have to go to Denver that they, they can win there. Brady, Tom Brady's 2-6 and six there with healthy teams, and he's going there with about half a team if he has to go there. But I could I could see them losing the first week. I really could, depending on who they who they had to face. I could certainly see Kansas City or Cincinnati beating them. Ron, these are the Patriots you're talking about. They this are. This is your bread and butter. This is the this is the people that that put money in your pocket and you're trashing them like this. I can't believe. Well, we won this. the revolution, but not every battle. <laughs> I think as long as you got Tom Brady, I think you're the favorite. Oh, I like Go it. Go ahead, Ron. Ron you got a chance wow. to close. Yeah, rebut that. What is wrong with you? Tom Brady was upside down in the Miami Dolphins uh, game 10 times. So, you know what? When you're Tom Brady upside down, you're a Brady Tom. He's never won any games. <laughs> okay, Goose, you get a chance to close here, so let's make this a good one. Who's the surprise team that's going to make it to a conference championship game? No, I didn't say the Super Bowl, to a conference championship game. And please tell us why. No, Seattle. Seattle's a, they're in this playoff as a wild card but I would not be surprised if they play in their third consecutive NFC title game, nor would I be surprised if they play in their third consecutive Super Bowl. I still believe defense wins championships. I'm old school, unlike Ron. Right now, no one is playing better defense than the Seahawks. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, my team is the Vikings. Mike Zimmer's a hell of a coach, doing a hell of a job with a team whose quarterback is not exactly called GPS. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has a little trouble with the throwing accuracy. That concerns me a little bit. But they play defense, so you'll like them, Goose. They pound the rock with friend of the show, Adrian Peterson, so uh, Clark will like them. They don't have a receiver like Terrell Owens, which if they did, they'd really be dangerous. But I like their chances. I think they're a pretty tough group of guys, and they can run it and, and uh, sit on a lead. Right. Cody, you want to yeah. rebut that? 
You Try have to more do faith. it within your allotted time. You have more faith in the Vikings than I do, although I, I love the coaching they've done. I'm I think, a man uh, of faith. It hey, comes no. down, and as you know this, Ron, in January it comes down to quarterbacks, and I'll take Russell Wilson over Teddy Bridgewater. Now, you may go the other way. Go ahead and rebut it. I thought yeah. this came down. Didn't this just come down to defense? What? This guy's like this guy I'm debating was like Terrell Owens. He's what, all what, over the place. Wait a minute. I heard him say Russell Wilson, okay? I heard yeah, him say Russell right. Wilson. Who right. on this show a year ago said, Russell Wilson, hey, let's start stamping this guy as, hmm, Canton ready. Maybe he's Canton ready. You guys laughed at me then. You're not laughing now. Sure we are. We laugh at you every week. First off, <laughs> well, apparently you do. Not hey, on Ron, the air. Hey, yes. Ron, when did we invite uh, Cooper Anderson into the debate? Anderson <laughs> yeah, the yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. You're supposed to be the host, Wolf. Okay. Wolf. Right. Let's Wolf bring the curtain Mitzer. down. Thanks, guys. Congratulations. Our next debate will be at the Super Bowl, where we're going to decide where to eat at North Beach. Up next, <laughs> Hall of Fame voter John McClain on that Oilers wildcard fizzle and the Houston Texans. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Not Terrell Owens, the Talk of Fame Network. The following was recorded at a Burger King drive-thru at breakfast. Morning, welcome to Burger King. Let me get a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sure, right now they're two for four dollars, but is that how you say that? Yeah, croissant. Where I'm from, we say croissant. Try that. Croissant. Oh, that took you two seconds. Took me years of practice. I'm not you. Piled high with thick cut bacon or savory sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted cheese. Get two Chris Sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just $4. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. I just feel like something's missing. I know. What we had was so big. And warm. And bright. And yellow. Oh, I really miss the sun. No sun? No problem. Centrum, the most trusted multivitamins, now have more of the vitamin D3 you need. Get the vitamin D you could be missing this winter with Centrum Multivitamins, now our highest level of D3 ever. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the iconic cleaning formula known around the globe. Since being introduced to households and businesses over 35 years ago, the family of Simple Green products has grown. But one thing all of them share is my full commitment to their excellence. Try a Simple Green product today, and if you're not 100% satisfied, I'll refund your money. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Do you freak out every time you break out? Try Proactive. There's a huge reason Proactive is the number one acne treatment. It totally works. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. One more reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer is running slowly, just log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Now, earlier in this program, we talked about some of the great games from Wild Card Weekend. And the Houston Oilers' meltdown in Buffalo, 1992, was at or near the top of the list. Well, guess what? One guy who was there that afternoon is our next guest. Talking about Hall of Fame voter John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, who's here to tell us about that game and one 
this weekend. That's the, the Texans in Kansas City. But, John, you're on with Clark, Rick, and Ron. And first question, I mentioned that Oilers come from ahead defeat in the 92 playoffs. What's your most vivid memory of that game? It was 35-3 to in the third quarter. Bubba McDowell's safety intercepted Frank Reich, returned it for a touchdown. And I had been asking their PR guys that behind me, Chip Namius, can I start making my reservations for Pittsburgh? And he kept saying no. After that touchdown, he says, okay, you can do it. After the game, he said, never, ever ask that question again because it was the biggest choke job in history. In 1999, I went to Buffalo, which was before the Music City Miracle, and did a story on from their viewpoint because here is the biggest choke. There it was the biggest comeback. But I found people who had left that stadium and driven 90 miles and turned around and drove 120 to get back <laughs> just to be in the area for what was – one of the greatest, the greatest comeback, but one of the greatest victories in playoff history. That wasn't you who drove back, was it? <laughs> no, that was me. I was, I was, I've never, you know, that game was not televised locally. So they had a good crowd, but in the third quarter, the stadium was half empty. The Bills fans, they were just beside themselves. And I looked out at the parking lot, the people gone. And then when I went down with two minutes left, and I went in the tunnel, it was the loudest place I've ever been. It was a den. And I looked out at the parking lot. It was full. Fans were trying to get in. They were in danger <laughs> of knocking down the fences to get in. The Bills had put up temporary TVs outside to appease them. And, of course, afterward, I remember when I came out really late, they were still celebrating all night long. Hey, John, let's talk about another wild card weekend between the Chiefs and the Oilers, 1993. I was there, and I was shocked like everybody else that Joe Montana and Marcus Allen still had something left in the tank to upset those Oilers. That was the largest crowd in Astrodome history. It was Montana's last miracle. He put a pass to Willie Davis, his wide receiver, who made an unbelievable catch with cornerback Chris Dishman all over him. The Oilers blew a fourth-quarter lead for the third consecutive year, and the Chiefs won. And what I remember most about that, remember the Oilers were number one in defense. They knocked out ten starting quarterbacks. Buddy Ryan, they were dirty, and they were good. And there was a big picture fans that hung on the wall behind the end zone of Buddy, his big, fat, smiling face. And I think it was Keith Cash. Texan from University of Texan scored and ran down there and threw the ball as as hard as he could at Buddy's face and hit <laughs> and it ricocheted and that is a memory so many people have of that game. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You know, speaking of, uh, of Houston and now, and now you got the, the Texans are in the playoffs. They've already had you know, they, they've had their own sort of checkered brief but checkered history in these kinds of uh, of games. What's the sort of uh, temperature of the town i mean are they reluctant to embrace them do they think they're going to win are they you know what's the town sort of thinking about this team when they were two and five and were trailing miami 41 to nothing at halftime before losing 44 to 26 everybody wanted they wanted rick smith fired wanted bill o'brien fired nobody exercised any common sense the owner bob mcnair he called them pathetic and uh, he met with Bill O'Brien, Rick Smith, read him the right act, told him it's unacceptable what was happening. O'Brien did a great coaching job. He cut, he cut Ryan Mallett, benched Raheem Moore, shortened 
meeting times so the players could get out earlier, went back to pads once a week, and he had met with his leadership council, which he does every Friday. And they told him what he thought, and he said okay. He adjusted. And now there's a first team in history. I keep seeing this stat since the merger. We've gone back way farther than that. First playoff team in history to start four quarterbacks, and all of them won a game in a regular season. And the fact is, none of them's a legitimate starter in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, John, and we're speaking with John McLean of the Houston Chronicle, who's a Hall of Fame voter. John, they were called pathetic. What did you call them when they were two and five? Rotten, wretched, pathetic. <laughs> I get that to start us like crazy. And and they deserved it. And even J.J. Watt said last week everybody gave up on us, and he, including us. And they said all the right things. They got really lucky because after that game, they got to play Tennessee and Zach Mettenberger, and they won. Then they went to their bye week. And they go to Cincinnati. T.J. Yates signed off the street, throws a winning touchdown pass to give the Bengals their first loss. And at that point, people are like, well, maybe they're not as bad as everybody thought. But then when Brandon Whedon had to play, we thought, Brandon freaking Whedon. The guy's never won a game since Oklahoma State. And then he comes in, pulls out a victory on the road at Indianapolis, wins his next start. And that shows you what a tremendous coaching job Bill O'Brien and their offensive coordinator, George Godsey, have done with all these quarterbacks who are backups. John, who's the quarterback next year for this team? I think they'll go to camp with uh, Brian Hoyer, Tom Savage, and a first-round pick. Their quarterback, they backed themselves into a corner now. they got to get somebody. They played four last year and started three. This year they played five and started four. And I told O'Brien, I said, you know, it must have been boring going to work every day knowing who the quarterback was going to be. You weren't going to make much of an impact on him. Now, this is a challenge. And then I've asked him, you sure you know how to coach a good quarterback? And the (laughs) joke here is they like having guys because they don't have to worry about a superstar, but they've got to have one. They don't have a legitimate NFL running back. That's why what they've been able to accomplish has been Pretty remarkable, primarily because of their defense. Hey, John, as you know, the signal that we've got to run, or pass, or both. But thanks for the time, <laughs> and see you at the Super Bowl next month. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it, as always. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. That was Hall of Fame voter John McLean of the Houston Chronicle. And this, this is the two-minute drill where Ron asks, Rick and I answer, and Derek Burns, our producer, keeps us moving. So, guys, let's get started. Okay. First question in honor of Tony Dungy. Peyton Manning or Brock Osweiler? Got to be Manning. Nobody better with long handoffs. Manning this month, Osweiler next fall. The last five AFC North head coach firings all happened in Cleveland. Can anyone win there? Yep, LeBron. Only LeBron. Case Keenum, Nick Foles, or a new arm in St. Louis? Adam Wainwright. No arm in St. Louis, maybe one in Los Angeles. <laughs> How does Mike McCoy stay and six assistants go in San Diego? I don't know, Ron. Ask the Spanoses, but you're going to have to reach them at their new number in L.A. It's the cheaper of the two options for Dean Spanos. Shoving a head coach out is an expensive proposition. Cam Newton, Fig Newton, or Olivia Newton-John? Wayne Newton, Johnny Manziel's Vegas bud. 
darn tootin', I like Cam Newton. <laughs> Carolina's 15-1 in the NFC's top seed. Champions or champions? Champions. The Cards and Seahawks can both beat them. I'll go champion. Panthers have waited a long time to get that NFC title game on the home field. New England enters the playoffs having lost four of the last six, but are the betting favorites to win the AFC East with my smart guy friends at Vegas. Has Vegas lost its mind or about to lose its money? Neither, because New England hasn't lost Tom Brady. The one thing they haven't lost is faith in Tom Brady. Everything else is subject to debate. The Rams, the Raiders, and the Chargers all filed to relocate to L.A. Will any of them need a moving company? Bolts and the Rams will. Your Raiders? Yeah, they need a pulse. Possibly the Rams. Stan Kroenke's got the, the land and the money for the stadium. Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson are, according to Colts owner Jim Ursay, con contractually tied together. Is the rope around their neck? No, it's more like a short leash. They're now the Burton Ernie of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> will Tom Coughlin coach again? Maybe. There's a youth football opening in Jacksonville. No, he's 69. Time to get on with his life's work. Jim Harbaugh tweets to somebody in San Francisco, you reap what you sow. Who was he tweeting to, Jed York or Jim Tom Sula? Neither. Does the name Trent Balky ring a bell? I agree. Trent Balky, big time. We'd like to thank Steve Young, Tony Dungy, and John McClain for joining us, Derek Burns for making this happen, and you for listening to us. If you want to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes. Otherwise, tune into this station at this time and on this day next week. We'll look for you then. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Call Quicken Loans now to see if you qualify for the government's Home Affordable Refinance Program, or HARP. And for six years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction. And for the second year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit quickenloans.com. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Hey, Burger King, it's Mike calling again. I called a billion times about the burgers and the chicken and the flame grilling. My big idea, call me back. I'm here at home. Michael, didn't we talk about you trying the new flame-grilled chicken burger from Burger King? A savory flame-grilled chicken patty topped with veggies on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with another delicious sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new flame-grilled chicken burger, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price and participation vary.